This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. 20-19, final score. Pittsburgh Steelers over the Baltimore Ravens. Steelers improved to 6-5-1. and one. The Ravens drop out of the top spot in the AFC Conference. They're still in first place in the AFC North at an 8-4 and four record. Lots of individuals deserve praise for their performance in this football game. Before we get to the usual suspects, though, you got to tip your cap to the guys that stepped up big time. I'm talking the Montrevious Adams. I'm talking the John LeGlues. But most importantly of all, I'm talking Chris Wormley. Chris Wormley, revenge game? Feeling a, little, feeling a little revenge against his former teammates, the Baltimore Ravens? It, it's kind of weird because it took some time for that revenge game to come, right? This wasn't the first time he went up against his former team, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy that it came. And the Steelers really needed somebody to jump in and say, I'll be the number two to Cam Hayward's number one. And they've been trying to find it with Isaiah Bugs, Carlos Davis, obviously, after Alu Alu went down, got a little run before he himself went down for. I guess what seems to be the year, he still has not been able to work his way back. Uh, it's just been kind of a musical chairs kind of thing going on as far as who's going to be the guy next to Cam Hayward. And not in a good way at no. all. No. It's not that you tried this guy, he worked, but you still got to try this guy, and he also worked, and you don't know. You have too much of a good thing, you don't know which direction to go in. It was, you were really stretched thin. But then Chris Wormley stumbles along with two and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, did a lot to stop the running game. Uh, Steelers did a great job stopping the Ravens' rushing attack all game long. He was definitely a part of that. What a phenomenal performance from number 95, and you need these guys to step up if you want to steal these victories away. You need the LeGlues, you need the Montrevious Adams, but you need the Chris Wormleys too to perform way above their heads and all three of those guys did and you know what another guy that you need to throw in there getting the start for joe hayden traded for him late in the off season early in the regular season somewhere around there from seattle akello witherspoon makes a big play against mark andrews down the stretch where he jumps in front of the route should have picked Should it have off, picked honestly. It off. Yes. But hey, if you're a Kella Witherspoon, you I'll, got two hands on the ball. I'll take the PVU, buddy. I'll take the PVU sure. because you're a Kella Witherspoon, right? And it's just another example of those fringe roster guys stepping up, making a big play, and that really has to rally a locker room together. Is yeah, when your stars make big plays, that's obviously exciting and will lead to a lot of wins because you're a star-studded team, especially on defense, and it's great when, when the stars are contributing, but you expect that to happen. When you get the fringe guys, the guys that weren't even there a week ago in Montrevious Adams' case, stepping up and making these kind of that, – that has to just galvanize a team. That has to rally the troops, and that has to give you a really good sense of confidence moving forward seeing these guys step up like that. I, I think they got that disgusting taste out of their mouth from the Chargers and Bengals games where they give up over 80 points combined in both of those games. And this defense is probably saying to themselves now, that's more like the defense that we're used to. And hopefully they can take some of that energy and roll forward with it. Now, can you expect to have the same type of performances from these Wormleys and these Witherspoons and these Adams? Probably not. But... It's nice to know that they can take it to that level and that they can 
give you that type of performance. At least it gives you some hope, and it gives other teams something to worry about as they game plan for them moving forward now. But great, great job from all these guys in this game against the Ravens, but the buck doesn't stop here. Now you got to roll things over in a short week against the Vikings because, hey, it's a short week. <laughs> no one that was hurt is really going to get healthy magically, so most likely these guys are going to have to step up and play as much of a role as they did against the Ravens against the Vikings on Thursday. We know how much NFL players are so uh, – they make it known that they hate playing on those Thursday nights, right? The Thursday night game, I, I remember Drew Brees coming out and saying it's so unfair to guys like us who are forced to play on such a short week. It, it leaves us so susceptible to injury. And it does. You see a lot of guys get banged up on Thursday nights. That's always a narrative saying how weird Thursday night games I'm can sorry. be. Anyways, use it as a positive here. If you are Witherspoon, if you are Wormley, use this as I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take this high and it's not – it's not that by Sunday I'm going to forget about it. I'm playing in three days now. It's Monday morning. I'm feeling great. I got my help my team. Not only was I on the winning side, but I actually helped my team win this game. You got three days to carry that high. Use it. E extrapolate as much as you can all the way until Thursday night. Offensive line played really well, especially down the stretch. I mean, they were clearing lanes for Benny Snell to get five or six yards a carry down yeah. the stretch. So you saw him a lot toward the end of the game. Benny and he Snell. was. And I remember we were sitting in the studio, and Crowley was like, "Why are they running the ball to Benny Snell?" He was like, "This is stupid. Why are they running the ball to Benny Snell?" And and then each time he kept getting five yards, six yards, and I kept looking at him like, "I don't know why they're doing it, but it's, but wor it's working. It's working." So, but that was because of the hogs up front that it was working, and John Laglue. I mean, this we, we're, we're talking about a lot of guys on defense. This guy, earn, this guy earned a start next week. Maybe he had to come in in this game in in relief duty because of injuries, but he was pretty impressive based on his relief performance. I mean, we saw a lot of shuffling of the O line unexpectedly, right? We we there were there were some pieces who got hurt. They were almost forced to do what we've been asking them to do for weeks, which Move is shuffle over, some things around. Put Banner in. I mean, yeah, it, it, they, their their hand was certainly forced, but certainly not to the point where we thought John LeGlue was going to be as large of a contributing factor as he was. Who could have thought that? But he was, and now it's interesting moving forward because he was clearly effective as far as helping the rushing game against a really good Ravens rushing defense. Yeah, I'd kick the tires on maybe putting LeGlue out there against the Vikings, give him a start in that game, especially with Dotson still not being able to come back. I mean, why not just trying to throw a bunch of bleep against the wall and seeing what sticks? And last night, LeGlue, aptly based on his name, stuck to the wall. I mean, you mentioned in a previous episode we just did that Tomlin didn't even just say some guys. He called out, you You had mentioned Montrevious Adams. He did the same thing for LeGlue. Yep. He said, this guy was a huge contributing factor up front for us. That's been something Tomlin has addressed before even being questioned about it every week in the postseason press conference um, the past, what, three weeks, saying we've lost the line up front. We lost the line of scrimmage fight, and that, that was a huge contributing factor to the reason we lost the game. That was the opposite today, or that was the opposite last night. He said we won that line of scrimmage battle finally, and John LeGlue was a big part. Yeah, football's not hard. Like, I hate to break it to people, but it's really not. 
You there are win- simple ways to win these games. In the trenches is the simplest one. Mm-hmm. If you're winning on the defensive side up front and you're winning on the offensive side up front, there's a really good chance you're going to win the football game. Sometimes you'll lose. Sometimes skill position players will have banana games, even with bad O-lines in front of them or their defense not playing well, and they'll be able to pull away a victory. But if you lose the battles up front, you're probably walking away with a loss in the football game. That's where you really control things, and they won both sides of the ball. After losing both sides of the ball the previous two weeks, they won both sides of the ball against the Baltimore Ravens. And what really is so wild is Chargers game, they shouldn't have lost both sides of the ball. No. Bengals game. We know which side they were supposed to win. Bengals game, they shouldn't have lost both sides of the ball. Ravens game, probably should have lost on the running game for the Ravens attack and rushing the ball yourself on offense. But. Here we are on a Monday, and they won both of those facets, and sure enough, they walked away with a win on the scoreboard. So, you know, it's the formula's not hard, folks, and we saw the winning formula on display. Like, do you guys look at the games that the Steelers won and see how similar they all look compared right. to the games they lost and the, the things that they do wrong in the games? That, like, it's very easy to see how the Steelers win games this year and how the Steelers lose games this year. And the Ravens game on Sunday was a perfect example of 60 minutes of how this team is constructed to win football games in 2021 make it ugly win both lines of scrimmage make Mm -hmm. it low scoring and be the team that's more clutch than the other team come away with that extra point if you need to and in this case it literally was that one point an extra point that with everything that happened in the game it's the way this game ended 2019 kind of typical score for a football game but certainly not the way the ravens and Steelers got there was Anything but typical, right? And, yeah, I mean, I did not see this coming, right? There was so much to this game that you were not expecting, and that battle up front that was won by the Steelers was absolutely one of them. Defense, I think you could give a game ball to a lot of people, especially that entire defensive line, but I'm going to give it to T.J. Watt just because three and a half sacks – he was really good at helping stopping that run, and Tomlin spoke in the pregame interview he does with Bob Labriola on the, the network pregame show every week, their need to stop the perimeter run. They need to make sure that they don't let things get to the outside. They don't let things get out of control uh, into space, especially against a guy like Lamar Jackson. T.J. Watt did a great job as far as making sure that that wasn't going to be the case in this game. And, again, those three and a half sacks, a couple more tackles for losses. He's hitting the quarterback. I mean, he was an absolute menace out there. And I said to Crowley during the game when he was in the midst of his dominance out there, it's really clear to tell when he's not ready, when he's not a healthy guy playing in a football game. Sure. Like the Bengals game last week – the Packers game the Packers earlier game, this year. Especially that, that Aaron Rodgers touchdown run, yeah. You can tell he's not 100% and he's gutting it out and he's playing injured for the team. And honestly, his performance really has taken hits in both of those games. You love the sure. fact that he's played hurt because there's no other option. I'd still rather have him out there. Oh, 100%. I'd rather have a 40% T.J. Watt than 100%. But a 40% T.J. Watt is simply just human and right. really not – an average NFL player, I'd say. He's a starter. He's someone who's capable of getting a starting job. But, my God, when he's healthy, it's night and day. And don't wish COVID on anybody. Terrible, terrible ordeal to have to go through. No idea how it'll affect long-term. Short-term, it can be hell, too. 
it was kind of a blessing in disguise that he probably got this entire week off of practice. Just I mean, I, I don't think he was symptomatic. If he was, it was very mild symptoms. Obviously, it would have to be for him to pass those negative tests and be back after showing up on the list on Monday, getting off the list on Saturday night. But maybe that rest was just a little silver lining. Get him, you know, a nice little bye week. Make sure that all of the hip and all the problems, you know, heal themselves up a little bit nicer this week. You're on rest. And I think it paid off dividends. And it was funny at the end when the reporter asked Tomlin, based on how he played today, is TJ Watt ever going to practice again? And Tomlin immediately quipped, uh, yes, and there won't be any music either. So Ooh. that was a great line from Coach T there. Claypool. I mean, you're still getting it, Claypool, even after that win. But TJ Watt. I think taking that week off and kind of resetting things and getting the health back in order. I mean, that's a really underrated aspect of him being off all week, but I think one that paid off big time for them. Absolutely. A healthy watch just makes the entire difference here. You saw what it happened. Yeah. Right. There were seven sacks by the team. He had what? Three, three and, three and, and a half. half, three and a half sacks, a strip sack too. I mean, and that, that strip sack came at the at the very end of the game, right on that last drive by the Ravens before they scored that potentially game tying uh, touchdown. If Lamar Jackson doesn't get his hand right back on that ball, Steelers get it. TJ, we're not we're, as much as we want to talk about Adams and and Witherspoon and Wormley. If the Steelers recover that fumble, we're only talking about TJ Watt today. I think it's possible that we could only talk about T.J. Watt today as even, well. Even even the game. fact that he did, even the fact that Lamar Jackson still recovered that fumble. Yes, Cam Hayward had his usual game. Uh, he had a sack. He had tackles for loss. He had a quarterback hit, but he was causing mayhem up front all game long. And that's and another, another thing you saw too when there were short passes or and Lamar escaped the pocket. It was Cam Hayward running right behind him trying to catch Cam up. Cam Hayward feeling a little fluish this week, too. Had a little bit of a, a, an illness, an il- non-COVID-related related illness. illness. But he was questionable heading into this game. He was able to play after that. So you have to wonder if he's probably feeling a little fatigue from, from feeling sick this week. And even if he wasn't at 100%, by God, he was effective. We already talked about Chris Wormley, two and a half sacks. What a great performance from him. Witherspoon had a great performance. Minka had the pick. Led the team in tackles again. Even Devin Bush had a couple of plays where you were like, man, he's not playing well. But for the most part, he was mainly invisible out there, which based on how this year has gone, I'll take invisibility as opposed to a glaring mistake. And obviously you want Devin Bush to be more than invisible. You want him to be a playmaker, but baby steps at this point. Just don't make too many big mistakes. Although I will say this. On the two-point conversion. He got beat on the two-point conversion. Him and Edmonds both got right. beat. So they got lucky that old number 90 was in Lamar Jackson's face, forcing that throw forcing to be Forcing that ball air. to not be perfect for Mark. Bush and Mark was, Andrews, though, let's be honest. He could have caught capa- that. He's capable of making that catch. He could have caught that. I'm still going to give that the category of bad pass, though, as opposed to sure. bad drop. Attributed to number 90 more so than anybody the lack else. Of F- or the, or the, the lack of a whatever by Devin Bush and Terrell Evans. But if I was Devin Bush, I'd maybe buy a drink for TJ Watt sure, later. Sure, that, that was a nice If Mark Andrews catches there. that, it's Devin Bush as the headline. Not oh, we're crushing him on this show today. Yeah. We're crushing him. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I got to give my game ball to Deontay Johnson, even though Ben Roethlisberger was masterful, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, showed that veteran presence, that whole, you know, even though he's old and lost a step and isn't the same Ben, 
he's way better than what Mason Rudolph brings to the table and his ability to stay calm. I mean, been there, done that as far as this Ravens Steelers series is concerned. So <laughs> you knew he was going to have his wits about him uh, down the stretch when it started to become winning time in a game like this. This, this, <laughs> he doesn't want to play a Ravens Steelers game where it's not a drive for a chance to win or your defense needs to hold or whatever. Always a close game with that, but Deontay Johnson, I mean, perfect pass from Ben Roethlisberger right in the bread basket, drops it. One of his first drops of the season. That's that's a 2020 Deontay Johnson-esque drop. I just saw before the game PFF do a thing where it was like all these targets and catches and only like one drop on the year. Been one of the most sure-handed receivers in football, and sure enough, he goes ahead and drops that pass. But the one thing I love about it, is and this didn't bear any fruit this very next play, but right after the drop, Ben went right back to Deontay Johnson. The exact same thing that he did with Claypool the week before. And again, it didn't bear any fruit. It was an incompletion, but it just showed that he still had the confidence in Johnson, and it paid off later with coverage bust by the Ravens, a hell of a pump fake, a vintage pump fake from Big Ben, and Deontay running free for a 29-yard touchdown catch, and then, of course, he caught the other touchdown as well that put the Steelers on top, so... You gotta love that kind of bounce back from Deontay. Yeah, he had a drop, but good on him to go to the sidelines and say, "I've gotten these drops out of my system this year. That was the outlier. This isn't about to be the floodgates opening, and I'm gonna start dropping balls again." And he proved it because he caught eight passes. He had over a hundred yards. He had the two big touchdowns. Uh, he did not drop another ball that was thrown his way the rest of the football right. game. So that's what you like to see that growth because he had to get those drops out of his system. That was a big problem last year. He did. He worked. He put the work in, and he did it. You're still going to drop a ball from time to time as a receiver. you got to be able to bounce back from it, and he did that and then some. Think about it. He had he finished the day with eight catches for over 100 yards. 11 targets, yep. He had one catch for 14 yards in the first half. So This guy just does not – I don't know anyone in this league right now, Tom, that just is so focused and dialed in when he needs to be better than – that does it better than Deontay Johnson, right? How do you, if you're going to be, if you want to be this number one receiver on a team or our number one receiver in the league, you, you one catch for 14 yards and a half. He's the number one receiver on the team. Yes, There's absolutely. No, no question about but it just anymore. His work ethic and his, his dedication to his own craft and the actual game is on display every week. And you saw it firsthand in that entire second half. He was unstoppable speaking of dedication i like the steelers dedication to the rushing game mm-hmm. even though the ravens were doing a really good job at stopping it what Tw- were the numbers that, that ended up being pass pass plays versus run plays 31 passes for ben 25 rushes for the steelers that's balance that is bread and butter that's balance right you there. obviously want it to be 31 25 in favor of the run with this team with guys like Najee harris on your on your payroll on, at the running back position but still that is Eons better than just two weeks ago or three weeks ago against the Lions. Fifty passes. Why? Why? Why did they pass the ball so much against the Lions? Pass the ball so much against the Chargers? And And then then the Ravens game comes on. It's the number two rush defense in Baltimore. And it's fifty-fifty basically. It's perfect balance basically. Like you saw, you saw. We we acknowledge what happened on defense by the Steelers' defense containing Lamar. But you don't win this game. I don't think if you shy away from the run as much as you had in, the, in previous weeks. Especially at the end, because that yep. last drive, they were especially with Benny Snell, they were moving the ball on the ground. Killing clock. To yeah. lead to that Deontay Johnson touchdown and Pat Fryerman's two-point conversion. 
Uh, Najee had 21 carries for 71 yards, 3.4 yards per carry average. Almost all of those 71 yards might have come after contact. He was pushing piles like crazy yesterday. Two-yard gains were four-yard gains. Three-yard gains were six-yard gains. Mm-hmm. He was been he was phenomenal as far as being impossible to bring down. And then Benny Snell had those two carries in the last drive to seal it with Deontay Johnson's touchdown. Two carries, 13 yards on that drive, a 6.5 yards per carry average for him. So... I mean, Najee Harris had 21 carries out of 25, so he was the bell cow. But Snell, a couple of nice carries. Ben had a scramble that lost a yard, and Claypool had an attempt that only went for two yards. But Tomlin said in the postgame press conference, you know, we wanted to commit to the run even though that the run was not working. And it kept the Ravens' defense honest enough that it gave Ben enough uh, room to operate against that terrible secondary in Baltimore that got even worse with Marlon Humphrey getting hurt which by the way out for the year out for the year now no Peters no Humphrey one of the worst pa- the worst pass defense right. with Humphrey heading into the game I expect a lot of teams to start throwing the ball a lot on the Baltimore Ravens down the stretch but you give Ben those windows to operate you make life easier on him when you commit to that running attack even if it's not as effective as you want it to be it keeps the other team honest it keeps them having to think about stopping the run that's exactly what you were able to do with this game so even though you know 3.4 yards per carry ain't the best that was a tough 71 yards on 21 carries that Najee got and it really helped keep the defense you know not just selling out to stop the pass or selling out to stop it had the defense respecting the balance, and that's all you need. You, you don't need them to be – you'd like them to have 24 carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. Sure. But you don't always need that to have effective rushing attacks. It's what he. It's just whatever he does once he gets the ball. You, you just need to let that Ravens defense think they could run, you could run the ball here, and that's the biggest key for the Steelers. And that's what they've gotten away for the past couple weeks is that there wasn't even a fear that they're going to run the football. And sure. even against the Bengals, who have a stout rush defense, there was no let's stay committed to this game. Now, of course, that game got crazy out of hand, so you do have to start passing to get back into it. But even against a team that is as good as the Ravens, to still say, nah, we're going to just keep committing to the run, that's the formula. That's mm-hmm. what you need to continue to do moving forward if you want to play winning football. Absolutely. This guy, he's not going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, right? We, we, we kind of assume that it's going to go to Jamar Chase or it's going to go to Mac Jones. I might give him the Steelers offensive MVP of the year, though. Offensive MVP or offensive rookie? MVP. MVP. Yeah, I could see that. I'd say it's either him or Deontay Him right or now. Deontay. I, I think it's a two-man race for, but even rookies. We know he's going to win the defensive MVP. It's pretty. Uh, that freak. Do, do you? I Cam honestly Hayward? could see them giving it to Cam just as a just because in TJ's absence his efforts were and just as a you know you're our captain like TJ's gonna get the all, the all, well you're gonna get an All Pro too sure. Cam but TJ's gonna get an All Pro and probably a depoy, depoy so we'll give you the MVP yeah, for the team it's so it's so sad because we don't even expect Cam Hayward to get a nomination to be a finalist for depoy you know what he absolutely deserves it Ben will probably be team MVP too because I mean it's his last year so you gotta you gotta throw him a bone on his last year plus he was masterful in that fourth quarter he really was but getting back to Najee Harris I mean this guy when he's it's I almost said when he's off the field versus on the field it's a different deep it's a different offense but that wasn't the case this past week in the fourth quarter because we saw Benny Snell out there but still uh, as 
as much credit as you want to give Benny Snell this week, congrats to him for having that good performance when he was out there for, for little spurts and, and moments. Najee Harris is, I think, your best playmaker. Yeah. And this is what the offense is going to be for years and years mm-hmm. to come. It's going to be number 22, and you're going to have to use him as the focal point. Uh, but it's nice to see that they've got one two punch working. It's 22 and 18. Yep. And even 88. Yeah, exact. Great point. 88 had a couple of big catches in this game. And of course, the two point conversion was yes. number 88. So they've got those three guys as this really nice foundation. As the core. And you just got to figure out how to replace number seven. By the way, for us, phenomenal news that he's done after this year. You know why? Our off-season podcasts are going to be as Off fun as can be. What is going to happen? What's more fun than speculating who's the next starting quarterback? Is it going to be Mason Rudolph? Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? Is it going to be a free agent? Is it going to be a kid in the draft? We do not know. But for now, we know it's going to be Ben to finish the year, and there's playoffs. The play- You're still really alive for the playoffs. Absolutely. You're not in it right now, and unfortunately, even if you had gotten the win against the Lions, you'd be tied. Yeah. But still, even if you got the win against the, the, the Lions – the tie, the two teams ahead of you Chargers with bangles. the same record, or charge, so you'd still be out of it. But still, yeah, you want that tie back. I know that was, that, such a, that was such a tough one. Before, the, yeah, go ahead. The two teams uh, playing on Thursday night were the only two teams that haven't beaten the Lions this season. So that'll be an interesting game. Vikings losing will, to the Lions. The Lions will, if yeah. You know. But getting before we end, getting back to Ben, something that really didn't hit me until kickoff, I think was that the, narr- the the story about Ben and the sources of a- ex-teammates saying it's it's been hinted at us that this is going to be for sure his last season, even though we we were operating under that assumption. We, we kind of figured that was going to happen. This was his last time playing at Heinz Field against the Ravens. Against the Ravens. He's gotten a win against the Ravens at Heinz Field in his last game there, and he's gotten a win in Cleveland in his last game against the Cleveland Not Browns the Bengals, there. Though. He gets swept. That'll be a little trivia. That'll be a little three, not just sweep, three-game losing streak. That'll be a little piece of trivia, though, for for Ben, because his record against the Bengals all-time is phenomenal. But the fact that he got swept in his last season, that is not in the same league, but kind of similar to the Tom Brady's last pass thrown as a New England Patriots. Was a a pick six, not even just an interception. So. Same thing with Brett Favre, too. So, yeah. Interception. Bengals swept Ben Roethlisberger in his final season. Um, I have a feeling that the next Ben Roethlisberger for this division is going to be in Cincinnati, though, for a while. So that might be a little passing of the torch torch, from Ben. He'll beat Baker. He'll beat Lamar because those two aren't ready. But Joe Burrow, I think, is going to be that dude, even though they got themselves – Pretty uh, handled by the Chargers they this did. past a little, Sunday. A little, a little questionable that game was, but we'll get to that in another episode. Of course we will. Uh, final thoughts from this game, though. Uh, individual performances. I mean, even guys like Chase Claypool had that big 40-yard run. He had, he, had a, he had a big deep ball that was 30 yards, and then he had a Deontay Johnson-like slant route that went for 40 yards. It just – everybody – Everybody from the guys that only had those two plays like Chase Claypool did to the guys that were all over the field like Deontay Johnson or to the guys that just had to put their nose to the grindstone like Najee Harris and tough out some yardage. Everybody had their hand in the pile for this kind of victory. And it's still so refreshing to see how Tomlin can get this locker room to react. And 
everybody has been, I'd say, fairly critical of Mike Tomlin for the past couple of weeks in the focus level and the performance that his team has put on. But to have those kind of bad performances happen and to immediately kind of shake it off and get this win in an ugly fashion against the Ravens, no way, no how will he ever lose this locker room. This See, locker I'm room glad, will still this locker room will still die for this man. The last three weeks, the 0 2 win run record, everyone was questioning, has he finally lost the locker room? No. Has he really and then just look at the reaction by the media in their press conferences after a win and then his mood after a win. That should tell you every week that you question his hold on the locker room that no, he will never lose it. I, I, I mean, it's fair to question it because you go 0-2-1 against teams that you can beat, especially the Lions. But you look at his reaction, you look at his demeanor after a win, and you, and you almost want to laugh at yourself for ever questioning his his ability to keep a hold on the locker room because it is it is undeterred. Steelers big twenty to nineteen point victory against the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North. The first meeting of these two teams. They will meet again in Baltimore in Week eighteen to finish off the season. We just finished off this episode, however. So thanks as always for giving it a listen. But for Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman, and we'll talk to you guys next time on the Steelers Standard.